Welcome back, everybody, to Girls Who F1, a podcast on Formula One. This week, we're going to be talking about the Brazil GP. Let's get into it. And we're back. And we're back. Thank you, Raven. Today you've got Kendall, Raven, and Hunter. Like we mentioned before, we're going to be talking about the Brazil GP. Ladies, how did we feel about this race before we get into the track stats? I just want like a high-level overview. Give me one word. Okay, I'm five. Okay. Okay. Best race of the season. Yeah. That's my hot take. I have a lot of reasons as to why. That's mine. Kenny? I agree. I would say it was a is a really spicy race. Mm, Very spicy. Fun. Loved it. Spicy. Um, what about you, Hunter? It was killer. It was, it was so killer. fun. It was such. We were a fun on the edge race. of our seats. Yes, I, actually, we were standing, but we were on the edge of our toes. Edge of our toes. Had to rewatch it. I had to get all like. There was so much that happened. It was great. I rewatched it and watched the thirty minute rewinds and watched radio radio rewinds. I've. And we're reading all of the commentary on Instagram. It, there was lot. so much that happened. If Austin was the like the flair and drama and celebrities, this was like a race on like pure racing. So 100%. Hunter, give us the stats on the circuit at Interlagos. Interlagos. So Brazil, um, first race was held in 1973. We had 71 laps, which I think that's one. Like, I love it when the races are like about seven, like seventy laps, not fifty. Fifty feels way too short for me. Um, two DRS zones made for some great overtaking this race, and it was about two point six miles long. Very, very, very fun carnival race. I don't know about anyone else, but I think that this was probably like as Ray said, this was the best race of the season so far. We only have one more, so um, they waited till the end to really bring the heat. They did. Uh, <laughs> Who are you talking about in particular? Like all the F1, all the drivers. Like all, there was so much going on. Yeah, we have we have a lot to talk through. We do. Um, good weekend though. Let's start with quali. I think quali. starting with quali, the whole weekend, every single event this weekend was fun to watch. Like typically, you know, quali is a little bit more fun than than the races or vice versa. This was also a sprint weekend, so. For uh, the typical F1 schedule, for those of you who do not watch F1, is you have two practice sessions on a Friday, you have practice and qualification on Saturday, and then you have race day on Sunday. Oh my god, I almost forgot it was a sprint weekend. It was a, it was a sprint so weekend much went too. on that I forgot it was a sprint weekend. So this weekend, because of the sprint qualifying, it was practice and qualifying on Friday, another practice session and a sprint qualifying, which is a certain number of laps. I believe it was twenty four for this race. And then um, that was on Saturday. And then, again, same format, race day on Sunday. So to start it off in quality, our boy Kevin Magnuson got his maiden pole position in qualifying. I don't think anyone expected that to happen. The first qualifying in general was like a wet and slippery it was wet. It was slippery. Everyone was on intermediates. And we were like, I don't think anyone went on wet. So there were slick tires involved. 
it was wild. Did anyone else enjoy like, watching I didn't Qualified? I know. I was rooting for K-Mag until I was, like, rooting for K-Mag. Like, I well, it wasn't even prepared for that to happen, but it was just the sweetest moment to see I don't think the drivers were either. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it was – not that it was George's fault, but George really helped Kevin to get on pole. Uh, so halfway through, like, the ending qualifying session, George went off the track, tried to spin in the gravel – five minutes left of qualifying it ended they red flagged they couldn't get the like they were trying to get the car out by the time they got the car out cleared the track there wasn't enough time for the drivers to do at least two laps to one not only heat up the tires but also to do like their actual race or like their actual qualifying lap um so yeah k-mag got on pole and i think haas has never been happier gunther so winner of qualifying was Kate was Haas who was a loser of qualifying Charles Leclerc do you want to give a commentary on Charles Leclerc Kendall guys I just feel like his races the qualifyings the sprints he's cursed I don't know what it is but (laughs) (laughs) I expected so much more from from Ferrari but um he was struggling I think the team was struggling with making decisions as to what tires he should have been on um, he was, <laughs> he was quoted <laughs> saying in Q3, am I the only one out on enters? And, uh, his engineers responded, yes. And he goes, beautiful, fucking beautiful. <laughs> and just the pure frustration that he's probably constantly feeling. I just feel so bad. And he's in the fight. So like he's, he's rooting for P2. So I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have some better luck next year, but season's almost over. We'll see what happens in Abu Dhabi for him, but rough, right. rough quality for him. Rough quality. And it was so the commentators and our, our my friend uh, Drea told me that she, when she was listening to qualifying after the commentary, the commentators were saying, it's like showing up in a tuxedo to a party and not knowing the dress code, oh like <laughs> being, being the only oh one on God. enters at the, like about to go out for the last lap it's in a quality. Uh, Read the room. Yeah. That's like their, the, the, <laughs> Um, we're gonna do spoiler. We're gonna do superlatives at the oh, end yeah. of the season, like on the off season. And I feel like I have so many things for Ferrari, to say about Ferrari, but it's like least likely to read the room. Ferrari. Ferrari. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the fact okay, that what they are- have access to data too. Like I just, I don't. Oh know. no way. They made that no, no, they don't. <laughs> Real bizarre. Um, okay, what are the other All right, the next, highlights from Yeah, sprint? like next pre-race item, sprint quality. So again, like we mentioned, it was a sprint qualification. Um, can someone check me on how many laps sprint quality was? I'm pretty sure it was yeah, 24, right 24 for more, like more stuff that happened prior to the race. Kendall, why don't you tell us what happened in the sprint quality? Okay, so for sprint qualifying, we saw Mercedes have really great pace. Russell finishing P1, Sainz finishing P2, and Hamilton finishing P3. And that is just very new for this season for Mercedes. So it looks like the car, whatever they were working on, whatever upgrades they were trying to make over the season, it seemed to really pay off. So congratulations to Mercedes (laughs) on a solid sprint qualifying weekend. It and took yeah. What round are we at? Twenty two. Literally end 21? of the season. <laughs> Absolutely to the end. But that makes me excited for next season too, just to see how the cars continue to develop. But we also had a really interesting incident between Ocon and Alonso, the two teammates for Alpine. Um, Alonso um, 
hit Ocon and he ended up getting a five second penalty, which he deemed as harsh. But he really used that as motivation during the race to kind of get back up in the points. But really, really, really rough for uh, (laughs) both teammates and the team. I know there was a lot of friction behind the scenes that we were seeing. And then we also had Stroll and Vettel having some almost collisions, um, Stroll forcing Vettel off the track. So a lot of teammates kind of fighting during this sprint qualifying weekend. So what did you guys think? I think it's wild that Alonzo had the audacity to say something rude about Ocon and like being like, well, thank God this is like the second to last race and there goes our friend again. When he's moving to Aston Martin and he's going to be driving with Lance Stroll, who historically is an aggressive driver and he all like in the same qualifying session tried to force his own teammate off the track so he wouldn't pass him. And he got a 10 second penalty. Like hmm. you're moving from you're moving from one issue to another issue. And like <laughs> Stroll, Stroll and Alonzo together next year, it's gonna be almost as spicy as uh Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. So I can't wait yeah. to see all of the drama unfold next year. More more team friction, I'm sure. I'm sure. Do you have anything to say, Raven? No, I think Ocon and Fernando have been, been clashing for a while, so it wasn't super surprising to see them have issues not only in sprint but then in the race they also had some issues all right well let's get into the meat of it what do we got raven okay so best race such such a good such a good one super entertaining so much that went on key headlines is george russell won his first ever grand prix um he was incredible all weekend he truly deserved it and i think we all saw that lewis came in p2 um, he had some squabbles during the race. It's probably costed him that P1. And then Charles, no, Carlos Sainz, sorry, came in P3. Um, but I think the biggest story of the weekend is the Mercedes redemption that you were talking about, Kenny, during the sprint. Like all weekend, their car was just super solid and they were in the mix. What do you think about their performance during the race? Yeah, I think the strategy that... Russell was on um, was really, really, really solid. They pitted him when he should have been pit. He he was on the right tires. They made really good calls for him and it allowed him to really keep P1 and hold on to that win. So that was really exciting. And, you know, he really, between quali, um, sprint qualifying and the race, he was never below P3. So he just really did a great job and, he really yeah, you does could tell he was like just like in the zone with the, yeah he's very so comfortable, comfortable. With the car. yeah yeah he was in the zone um and like nothing I don't know what could have taken this away from him he was just no mistakes perfection um I think something interesting was I don't know how your guys's heart rate was during the Lewis <laughs> and Max um fight at at lap seven I was just so nervous that Lewis was going to be out of the race. And I was like, there goes Mercedes chances of really participating, but they collided at lap seven. Um, they were both driving very aggressively. Max. I mean, I think it's interesting. Max had nothing to lose in this race. Red Bull. It wasn't their weekend. He wasn't fighting for a podium, but after this collision where he got a five second, five second penalty, he really wasn't fighting for a podium. And his response was kind of like, I wasn't going to give him space. 
I knew he wasn't going to give him space. So I knew we were going to collide. But for me, I had much less to lose. So for him, it costed him probably the race win, which is probably very factual. <laughs> no, and like oh. you, ju- you quoted him perfectly. He did not nothing to lose. He'd already won the championship when they went into turn two on lap seven. And Lewis was coming from the outside and Max Verstappen was coming in on the inside. Max knew that Lewis wasn't going to give him space and vice versa. And instead of her backing off, Max just went for it. And then collision happens. And I, I, I thought the race was over. I thought it was over for, for yeah. Mercedes. Mercedes. I was like, okay, George, it's all on you. <laughs> yeah, like hold it down. Hold but- it down. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But luckily it wasn't the case actually. Lewis had a little floor damage. He didn't ha- he didn't get a puncture. Max had to go change his entire front wing. Yep. Which Red Bull changed his front wing in 10 seconds. And I think the record Impossible. is like 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the Red Bull pit wall. I mean. So his first pit was good. Training but- camp. They, they're like this front wing. Like you're going to break records <laughs> changing it. It was yeah. pretty impressive. I mean, good for them. You say that, and so their first pit was really good, but later down in the back, like after, yeah, when he served his penalty, he he had had an issue with his black left tire. Exactly, but they're just consistently the best pit crew, probably this year on the track, which is interesting. So, um, once you finish for Mercedes, that was probably the highlight of the race, and I think the reason why I said it was the most interesting was because they were in the mix, like. Even just them actually fighting and them with Red Bull, I think just raised the stakes for everyone and everyone was super excited about it. Unfortunately, Ferrari kind of was in the mix. (sighs) Carlos was in the mix. Um, Charles had a little collision with Lando towards the end of the race. Um, Oh, no, it was the beginning of the race. He had on lap seven, the same lap of, yeah, the same lap. Um, that, you know, didn't help him either, but he did work his way back up, um, to the pack to, to finish in the top 10, but in P4, LP4, or right after, right after Carlos, which we'll get, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get into that. We'll we'll get get into that one. (laughs) Yeah. I think another thing that we were interested with that was interesting was we were, so last time in Austin, we were like, Danny Rick is here. Danny Rick is racing. What happened with Danny Rick? Okay, so lap one, I don't, I don't know if it was turn, not, it wasn't turn one and it wasn't turn two, somewhere in the five or six range, freaking Danny Ricardo hits Kevin Magnuson. And it's Kevin's weekend to shine. Kevin was on pole. It was like, we wanted him to finish in the points. Realistically, we knew that, you know, the Haas car didn't have the pace to keep up with um, Ferrari, Red Bull, or Mercedes this weekend. But it's kind of heart-wrenching that Danny Ricardo hits Kevin Magnussen within the first lap, and they're both DNF'd. Like, so sad. And I don't know what I don't know what happened with Danny Ricardo. I don't know if he apologized. I'm assuming he, he did. because he's when, a really nice guy. Yeah, so. when they both crashed <laughs> and it was Danny Rick's fault, you saw them shake hands and um, – I think he was like very gentleman about it. Yeah. So that was uh, just bummer. I wasn't really, I mean, like sucks for Danny Rick, but I was more sad for K Mag. Yeah. So I was like, this too. is, this was his weekend. He's on such a high from having 
just gotten his first poll and now it's like a, such a low low when you're out on lap one yeah and he's only got yeah. one more race left in the season so. so two dnfs there and then kenny there was a third dnf lando norris just. On his birthday. It was his birthday. Oh, he had, oh, he had food poisoning or he was recovering from food poisoning. Yeah. The McLaren was performing well throughout the weekend. It wasn't top tier, but they were still driving. He was driving his heart out. It was like you guys said, it was his birthday. Yeah. Kendall, walk us through what happened. Yeah. So he ended up suffering some engine failure and DNFing on lap 52 um, and this is coming from the the contact he had with the Claire on lap seven, and um, and this is po- so he he had that contact. He served his penalty, right? He, five second penalty. He worked his way back up, and then and then it was just over so quickly. Over so for sad. McLaren, for McLaren, just all around McLaren, so, yeah, and that's really for the constructors. For such a rough weekend, and for the constructors, that's a huge deal. Yeah, because because it- they got zero points and. Um, Alpine did pretty well. Yeah, I, it <laughs> was it was Ocon and Alonso finishing in the top ten. No, I think you hit the right point. That constructors' cup between Alpine and McLaren at the team level was something that I was really like watching closely. Mm-hmm. And Ocon and and Alonso both got within the points, which is really impressive. Uh, Alonso P five, Esteban Ocon P eight, and to have both McLarens. Um, DNF, I, they've basically lost the, the constructors cup there. So they'll come probably in P4, um, which is, I think, disappointing on the McLaren front and I'm sure Alpine is celebrating. So, so speaking of Ocon and Alonzo, team orders, we love team orders. Let's talk about team orders. There was a lot of team orders going on and there was a lot of team orders not going on. And we saw some people show their colors this weekend. Hmm. Huh? True colors. Mm. I want to know. Okay, before I get into I want to know, can someone tell me what happened with Red Bull? Tell me what happened with Red Bull. Let me hear it because this is where your true colors showed. Oof. Shined through. Shine bright like a diamond. Let me hear it. You want the tea, Hunter? Give it. I have the tea. Typing hot. Essentially, as everyone saw, Max was done with this race, yeah. right? He's P10, P9. He's working his way up. Checo, who, to set the scene here, Checo and Charles are fighting for P2 in the Drivers' Championship. Checo is fighting for, I guess, like top five-ish, top five, top top six. On the last lap, Red Bull gives team orders to Mr. Max Verstappen. The last lap. They say, Max, if you can't... I think he was trying to chase Alonzo. And it was like, if you can't chase Alonzo, can we let Checo through? Let Checo through. Silence. Silence. Again, Max, let Checo through. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's like, actually, screw that. We're all racing. It's every man for himself out here. Forget the fact that I already won the, the world championship for the second time in a row with the help of my teammate. Over and over, I'm not going to give him this extra. It's a one extra point for him to clinch that one, two. And when you think about it, from the team perspective, Red Bull would love to have the one, two. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you know, I gave my reasons as to, you know, why he's not going to listen to team orders. Exactly. But 
my perspective is that he already said in the interview following the race that, you know, he knew he had nothing to lose, right? He was comfortable driving aggressively, fighting with Lewis, but would not give up his place to help his teammate when he already said he had nothing to lose. So exactly. We'll see what, what the team chemistry is like. It's not good. I can tell you right now. So Hunter, we set the scene for you. We walked (laughs) you through it. What's your reaction to why would you not help your teammate get points? Because you're selfish. Mm. Why? You're just selfish. You're not. It's not like you're fighting for one, two or you're fighting for freaking podium. Why wouldn't you allow him? Why wouldn't you allow him to go through? That was my like, First thing. My second thing was Red Bull fucked Perez on his strategy this week. Everyone else was on mediums and everyone changed tires. I believe it was when Lando, like when there was a safety car out for Lando, everyone went on softs. Checo was the only one who was on mediums. He was fighting for a podium. He was up there because of his because of his tires and because everyone else was on softs, he lost the pace and just dropped down the rank in the rankings. Mm. So you know, even a lot like Fernando Alonso and Alpine passed both of the Red Bull cars this weekend. And that's what Raven was saying earlier with, hey, if you like Max, if you can't pass Fernando Alonso, let Checo go in front of you so that Red Bull, we have more points. I mean, we won. They won the constructors. Max won the championship. But like if you can have both of your drivers be P1 and P2, you're the world champion and you that won the constructors cup. It's a Red Bull domination. Why wouldn't you let them through? If Max, mm, who's the boss? Christian Horner or Max Verstappen? Who's the boss? Tell me. Because <laughs> Toto, off. Toto, Toto would have shut the car down on the track. Yo, Toto, I'm like, foul three. This is Toto. <laughs> <laughs> like, t- that, um, I'm just flabbergasted. And Listen, I, he's not a team player. He's just, playing for Max Verstappen. No, and now he's I He's on team Max Verstappen. Little wanna, does he know, it's, it's team Red Bull. Right. Your team first, then you. I I just want to I want to talk to a Max Verstappen fan, a a true fan, and not in like a a combative way. But does this impact your opinion of him if he doesn't let the team go first, or if he doesn't help his team out, and he has like he has nothing to gain from this race and still doesn't let him through? And Eh, probably not. Like I don't fault him for wanting to. It from a when you're driving, like to let someone pass you. I'm sure in mental you're like. It goes against all your instincts and desires as a driver. So I understand that conceptually. But in this scenario where you've already won the highest thing well, there is to win, you're not going to win the race, help help, help your friend out. And the interesting thing about the team orders, just going back to that, is that Ch- Charles asked for team orders to be invoked to re- reverse him and Carlos. And I guess I'll just pause and see what – Kendall, what do you think about that? Charles is in P4. Carlos is P3. Charles is in the fight for the driver's championship. What do you think? Yeah, Was the right decision or was it wrong decision to not invoke team orders? I think they should have because he was basically begging on team radio. Like, (laughs) what are we doing? Are we fighting? Like, what's going on? And I think if Ferrari cared about Charles finishing p2 in the world drivers championship they should have invoked team orders but i did wonder about the pace um how i don't know how far charles was from science but it kind of seemed like a little bit of a stretch to me to have him overtake science but 
you know, but it was really sad to listen on the team radio those last few laps of Charles like begging essentially. See, I disagree. Why? Why do you disagree? Mm. Because it's sad. Let's hear you don't it. think it's sad? No, I, I disagree that they <laughs> I disagree that they should have in, invoked team orders. I did feel sad for Charles. Oh, poor well, guy. Yeah. But it's a podium. There's different things at stake. I do think it's different things at stake. When you're like P6, P7, P8, P9, but when you're like can take a podium away from somebody, mm. that's kind of really fucked up. Yeah. Like it has to be more at stake to be like you're not you're gonna get off the podium. Like I don't think he deserved. I think Carlos deserved his podium. And I think to take it away, it's also not in Ferrari's nature because they're just like clearly not here to win. They're just, they're just like messing around. But I think it would be very controversial to take away someone's podium for P2 in the driver's championship. I actually, that's a really good point. I didn't that's my think only- about it like that. I was just like, Wow, they're really ignoring Charles, but that's a really, really, really good point. I think if it wasn't with a podium at stake for this race, they should have inverted. They the would have inverted yeah. it. Yeah. What do you think, Hunter? I can. I didn't think about that. I agree. I have nothing to say. <laughs> Argument. We, we are flabbergasted. Yeah, Argu- we did not think about this at all. <laughs> Argument closed. I did. I. I. I wanted to tell the quote like Charles is like what he was saying on the radio. Lap 68, Charles, think about the championship in case of positions like this. Lap 71, please think about the championship. Every point for a team, like every point counts and then just ends it. And no one says anything. And then they just flip back to the Max Verstappen and and Checo. There's nothing else to say. No, they were not going to give him anything. And the silence was so loud. Like just watching, I was like, oh, they're just not going to respond. But yeah, in my head, I was laughing. I was like, I bet you they're trying to do the calculations and it's taking (laughs) them too long. They're like, which (laughs) monitor do we need to look at? I don't know. (laughs) I don't see the data. (laughs) That's probably true. Um, Flipping a quarter in the back and trying to see. What, which one? Heads or tails? Oh, sorry. It was tails. So I think that the race was all these different factors is why the race was so interesting. Um, Hunter, it was Hunter's birthday two days ago. We were at Fela's, our favorite F1 bar, and we were screaming. We were absolutely beside ourselves the entire, the entire race. It was so fun. And I'd love to hear the driver of the day vote from each of you. Hunter, birthday girl, let us know. Who is your driver of the day? Okay, so okay. I feel like we're all gonna have the same driver of the day. It's okay. Okay, let's count on three. One, two, two, three. Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) No, Georgie, he deserves it. All right, Kenny, you go first. Why, George? Okay, well, it's his first win. Um, First period. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's good enough reason. But you didn't know he was gonna win it when he voted driver of the day. By the way. No, I voted for Lewis Driver of the Day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's an honorary Brazilian citizen now. So I was just like, this is his other home race. So I was just kind of like, he drove really well. I was really happy with Mercedes overall. And I was happy with his race. So I voted for him. But I think looking back on it, George did amazing. And we should honor his win. Honestly. Yeah. George had a more smooth, consistent race. He didn't have to yeah. overcome too much. He I held see it your down. Point. Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Weekend. All right. Hunter, driver of the day. Lewis, why? 
Because he was made an honorary Brazilian citizen. That's why he's driver of the what? I'm sorry. <laughs> driver of the day is the driver of the day. How he drove that day. I don't know. Getting hit by Max and still coming back and being P two. Like I wanted to. I would have loved to see what could have happened if he didn't have the contact earlier in the race. But he I think fought with what Jordan said. Yeah, yeah and I, I that would be another set of driver orders that I'd be curious to see, like what they would do, because you, I don't think they would invoke anything. I, I don't. Would they let the boys race? Would they try and just maximize points? Would Would they tell people to back off? I don't know. We won't ever know. Um, but I think he was he drove impressively. Not to say that George Russell didn't. Um, I just think that Lewis had a different set of circumstances that he had to fight through versus. George just continuing to lead the pack. So that's perfect. And Raven? No, I agree with all of you guys. I think you honestly (laughs) covered it. Lewis, his fight back was was the key thing. So nothing additive. Money line. Money, 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 money. So this was a fun race to bet for. I think I spoke to a lot of friends before I did this one. Um, I'm also trying to like spice it up a bit and not vote for the same things every single time um so let's see what did i how much money did i lose this weekend i am net i'm not net i'm negative so i lost money this weekend but that's all right you win some you lose some so first thing i did was i had mercedes winning just given qualifying given sprint qualifying the pace everything and the fact that red bull didn't have the pace and ferrari's track record we had good odds um and then I also had um, Mercedes being the uh, car lap or the car leader after the first lap, which George Russell, George Russell had a great start. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't mention that. Great start. Fantastic. Agreed. Right on the power. Out in front of the pack. Um, what did I lose? <laughs> so I had – I actually had Hamilton and Perez on a podium. Um, so I got Hamilton, but Perez <sighs> – God, Perez with his tires at the end, being on the wrong set of tires, being on the mediums really messed with him. So it was really fun seeing the Perez and Carlos Sainz fight, though. The overtake towards the end of the race was really nice. And then I hedged my bet and did Verstappen and Hamilton on a podium just in case Verstappen was able to come back because he was really close with George in sprint qualifying. And then I had Kevin Magnuson beating... Mick Schumacher, I kind of knew that was a given. And then Daniel Ricardo just came in and messed up with everything. So that's all I had. But I lost uh, $10 this weekend. Not well, bad. Hunter, there's one more race of redemption. I know. I've I'm already excited. placed my bets for 2023. We can talk about that later. But um. yeah, we'll do that in our <laughs> off, off-season episodes. Okay, so we can't wait to hear your bets for Abu Dhabi, which is the drivers are already there. They flew directly to Abu Dhabi. Which they flew is there wild. that night. Yeah, fifteen-hour direct right. flight. My they have God, to get on my time zone. So, what are we looking forward to next weekend? No, this weekend. This weekend. For oh, I'm looking forward to Charles Leclerc and Perez. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, think, I think that's the, I think that's the biggest story. That's the biggest story. Who's gonna get P two? And then also mm-hmm. the constructors between Mercedes and Ferrari is also very co- close. At um, Ferrari's right now at 524 and Mercedes has 505 points. Mm-hmm. So if Ferrari has any blunders or issues or Mercedes performs Ooh. like they did this weekend, that could definitely, you know, change that around. So 
I'm excited for the last race of the season. It's going to be a 7 a.m. or here in New York. It's going to be an early one, but my eyes will be wide open, coffee in hand, watching this race. <laughs> I'm excited. Really excited. I'm really excited. I'm I'm sad. I'm I'm really sad that the race season's over. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do on my Sundays anymore. I won't be at Fela. I love you, but I I'm going to I need a my liver needs a break. Well, we have a lot of off-season content coming your way. So yes. we'll still be busy. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at girls who have one. Bye. Bye.